0: Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise Him in the heights. Praise Him, sun and moon. Praise Him, all you stars of light. For He commanded and they were created, and He also established them forever and ever. He made a decree which shall not pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures in all the depths fire and hail, snow and clouds, mountains and hills, fruitful trees and cedars, creeping things and flying fowl, both young men and maidens, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for His name alone is exalted. His glory is above earth and heaven, and He has exalted the praise of all His saints. A people fully devoted. To him. Praise the Lord.
1: Praise the Lord. All right. Well, that was so awesome seeing those pictures of being able to serve so many people at Thanksgiving and that's what the the gospel is all about, helping those that are in need and as a church between uh, the Dream Center Harvest Feast, the Harvest Feast in the gym, and then the Harvest Feast we did on Thanksgiving Day, we were able to uh, minister to over 3,000 people uh, with a meal and with the gospel and giving people a chance to be around others on Thanksgiving and praise God, thank you for letting us do that. Hey, this is a great month for Oklahoma. This is actually Native American month and I wanna honor all the Native Americans that are in our church. If you're Native American or have Native American blood, would you stand up? And we wanna honor those in our state that are Native American, part of our church. We're a church of many nations, many tribes, many tongues. And so awesome. You know, we have a connect group that reaches out to Native Americans in our city, um, that's part of our church. And one of the ladies in that connect group had cancer. And her connect group, part of Victory, full of faith. I love Victory because we're all full of faith. They surrounded her, they prayed for her. She went to the doctor, got the report back. She is cancer free. And praise God for believers in this church rising up, praying, believing God, and seeing God do awesome things. It's a time for miracles. And it's a great time for for Oklahoma because Boomer Sooners last night. Come on, somebody. Just kidding! Hey, stand up on your feet. We're gonna get right into the word. We're gonna open our Bibles to Luke chapter two, verse seven. We'll be praying for all the cowboys. We know it's a tough day, but listen: no condemnation, no shame for those who are in Christ Jesus. (laughs) Luke chapter two, verse seven. Mary said, "Mary had. uh, This was the story of Jesus. Mary had brought forth her firstborn son. This was Jesus." And she wrapped him in swaddling cloths and she laid him in a manger because there was no room. Everybody say, no room. No room. There was no room for them in the end. One more scripture I want us to look at, and that is Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. Revelation 3, verse 20. We're gonna connect these two scriptures. They're totally two different uh, spaces, but they have a lot in common with what we're gonna talk about today. This is Jesus speaking to the church. Jesus speaking to the church, and he says this, um, 3 verse 20, there we go. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Come on, somebody. Knock, knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. This morning, we're talking about making room. Turn to the person next and say, make room. Make room. All right. Well, we're here on purpose, because we have a purpose, church. If you're new to Victory, join in with us. This is our declaration, our confession. Before every message, we say this, just preparing for God to speak. So here we go, on the count of three, let's say it together, one, two, three. I'm here on purpose, because I have a purpose. My heart is open, my mind is ready to receive, because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me, and I have victory in my life, Because Jesus lives in me. Lord, we thank you for victory. Thank you for joy. Thank you for peace and grace. And Lord, let us leave today different than the way we came in. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right, give three people a high five and say, make room, make room, make room. You guys got room for me? Yes. All right. (laughs) I just felt like being cheesy. Hey, listen, here's the deal. We're talking about making room, and I love this story because the story about Mary and the innkeeper is really a story about you and I, and and I want to contrast those two characters in the Christmas story, Mary and the innkeeper, and really bring out the point about making room this year at Christmas for Jesus. You know, every now and then during the holidays we get some unexpected guests. Anybody ever just get like random relatives that you don't even know how they're related to you, they show up around the holidays? Or maybe friends, they show up, carolers just surprise attack you. Have you? Has anyone ever been surprise attacked by carolers? I, remember, I was scared. I remember one time carolers came at like midnight. I was like, what are you doing out? You know, they're knocking on the door, ringing the doorbell, I open it up and they start singing carols with smiles. And I'm like, this is way too late for this to be happening. But every now and then we get some unexpected guests around the holidays. And I remember one time uh, we had someone come to our house, surprise attacked us, just walked in, didn't even ring the doorbell or knock on the door. The door was unlocked, came in, started shouting crazy, obscene stuff. We had no clue who they were. The cops were searching for this person. This is a true story, I know this sounds crazy, but literally locked themselves in the bathroom in my parents' house. All of us kids are like shouting and everybody thought I was the one who let the person in. They were like, Paul, why did you let this lunatic into our house? I was like, I did it, guys, I'm sorry, it's not me. They just came through the door and you know, I was really defensive. and. But I told them, I said, I don't know how they got in. And finally the cops got the person out and and took the person off. It was a crazy situation. But I think about how around the holidays, there's always some guests that show up that we're not really, you know, prepared for. Uh, uh, And oftentimes, like the innkeeper, if we're not careful, we can have a full house of the wrong characters and be keeping the right character out of our house. Sometimes we're letting the people we desperately need to kick out into our house and we're refusing the person we desperately need to let in out of our house. And so this morning, I wanna talk to you about making room. Are you turning away the right person, and are you letting in the wrong people? And I'm not really talking about people. I'm talking about spirits. It seems like during the holidays, there's all kinds of spirits that will try to latch onto a spirit of fear, spirit of uh, hopelessness, a spirit of oppression. You know, even this morning, as we were worshiping, me and my mom, I was talking to her, and it just seems like there's a lot of people that are dealing with a cloud of oppression that's just been trying to torment people during this time. Has anyone felt even just an attack, like just depression or oppression or a sense of hopelessness or even strife trying to get into your house? You know, Even in the last week, I felt strife trying to get into my life, a situation where I was talking with someone, it was politics, and and we were on different sides of the spectrum, and I opened the door in that moment to strife, and I had to repent. I said, God, I, I opened the door to the wrong spirit. Paul says in Ephesians 6, verse 12, that our struggle this Christmas is not with our own flesh and blood. Our struggle this Christmas is not with our in-laws. It's not with your nephew or your niece or your cousins or Uncle Buck or Uncle Tom or Aunt uh, Janine uh, or with your grandma or your grandpa. Our struggle this Christmas has nothing to do with the people that are coming over, but everything to do with the principalities and the powers of this dark age. Ephesians six 12. Let's go there together. Ephesians 6, Chapter, chapter six, verse 12 says this, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age. In other words, we're dealing with some pretty uh, demonic spirits that will try to sneak in during the holidays. Well, they try to get in around all the, all the time, but it seems like the holidays is a very prime season that we allow certain stuff in. I remember one Christmas, we had like 10 mice that we caught in our house. We had mouse traps all around the house. Anyone else ever had like tons of mice trying to get into your house? And so there was like, it was crazy. I mean, there was mice, it seemed like every day we were catching two or three mice in our house. And sure enough, we found out where they were coming from. They all found this one crevice, this one crack, and they were all, it was like one mouse said, hey guys, There's a crack right here. Come on, let's all go in, you know. And there was like, hey, there's enough cheese for all of us, you know, and it brought his whole family. All these mice just invaded our house and all he needed was just a crevice, a crack. You know, Ephesians chapter four, verse 27 says, don't give the devil a foothold. Don't give the devil a foothold, give no place. In other words, make no room for the devil. Everybody say, "Make make no room for the devil. All the devil needs is just a little crack, and he'll say, okay. See, and this is how it happens. You're in a conversation. Somebody says something that just ticks you off. They, they do something that just bothers you, right? Maybe it's a family member, and you asked them to cook something, and they burned the rolls. They burned the cookies. They messed it all up. And in that moment, here's the devil. He's, like, knocking at the door. He's, like, come on, let's say something mean to him because if you'll say something mean, it's just a little crack and all of a sudden the devil goes, strife, come on in to the darty house, right? Anger, come on in, offense. All we have to do is just give them a little foothold. That's all the devil needs, just a little crevice and all the mice start coming in. And I wonder if you're here this morning and you've already opened the door to some stuff this season. Maybe you've opened the door to some old addictions, some stuff that you used to do that you stopped doing, but now the devil's saying, come on. Remember the taste of that? See, where, where, the, where, the, where Jesus is knocking at the door, we see Jesus in Revelation 3.20, standing at the door knocking. The devil is standing right there, knocking too. You decide who comes into your house this Christmas. You decide what you let through the door. I think we need to become a little more selective about what we're allowing into our house the movies we watch, the music we listen to, the spirits that we allow into our house. I think we need to be a little more selective. I think some of us are a little too open to the wrong stuff and maybe a little too closed to the right spirit that we should be inviting in. Let's look at Mary for a second. Let's go to Luke chapter one, verse 26. Mary is this teenage girl. She's about to get married back in those days, teenagers got married at a young age. I mean, she was like 14, engaged to this guy, Joseph, who's in his late 20s, maybe early 30s, and and it was just normal back then. It's not normal today, but it was normal back then. All of a sudden, God interrupts her. I wonder if you're willing to be interrupted by God. I wonder if God was to come knocking on the door of your heart this Christmas, if you would let him interrupt your plans. See, Mary had plans. She was planning to get married. She was planning to have kids with Joseph. She was planning on everything being normal in her life. She was not a sinless girl. She was not a perfect girl. In fact, the Bible says Mary needed a savior just like all of us so we're not to worship Mary or pray to to Mary. Mary actually prayed to her savior. She joined in with the early disciples praying to God. Mary was an ordinary girl that God used in an extraordinary way and here's why. When the, when the knock came on the door, it says Gabriel sent by God, an angel sent by God to Mary. Verse 27, he speaks to Mary, greetings. Let's go to verse 28, Luke chapter one, verse 28. He says, rejoice. Now you know what that says to me when I read the Bible, I read it in the context of who it's talking to, but I also look at maybe what is God speaking to me? What is the angel saying? Joy, joy is knocking on the door of your heart, rejoice. Favor, Listen to this, he's saying highly favored one. Favor's knocking on the door of your heart. And then he says, the blessing, the blessing of God has shown up at your door, Mary. And immediately Mary's afraid. Look, look at verse 29, it says Mary's afraid because right where faith is knocking at the door, fear is on the other side trying to keep the door shut. No, don't let faith in, don't let faith in. Come on, Mary, keep the door shut. It says that Mary was troubled at this. And, and the translation for troubled, is that she was petrified. (laughs) She was freaking out, she was afraid. I don't know if I want what's on the other side of that door, I don't know if I wanna open the door to whatever God's blessing looks like. And sometimes God's blessing comes in an unusually packaged way. For her, it was about getting pregnant. For her, it was about possibly going through some of the worst criticism from her family and her friends and isolation from people who would judge her because here she was a virgin, not yet married, a teenager, and this is what the angel says to her. It says she opens the door, really, she does. She opens the door to her heart, and the angel says, don't be afraid, Mary. Don't be afraid, for you found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you will call his name Jesus. Here's what happens right here. The the, the theology of Christmas is this. God became flesh. God put on skin. He was looking for an open door. He was looking for someone who had an open heart, an open mind to receive. This is why at Victory we start off every sermon with, my heart is open, my mind is ready to receive. Why? Because if we don't have an open heart and an open mind to God's word, we're gonna miss out on the blessings God has for our life. We're gonna miss out on the word that God wants to speak. Mary was open. The angel says, okay, Mary. You open the door, now it's time for God's blessing to come in and your fear to go out. And so it says, Mary says this in Luke 1, verse 38, she says, Be it unto me according to your word. Three things happen in this passage. I wanna just point these out to you. How do we make room? Everybody say, Make room. Make room. Three things. Number one, open up. Open up. If you're taking notes, just write this down. Number one, open up. I'm gonna come back to it in just a moment. Number two, Remove the junk, remove the junk, and number three, let Jesus in. To make room, open up, remove the junk, let Jesus in. I wanna come back to the innkeeper. Luke 2 verse seven says there was no room for Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus in the inn. Now, let's give the innkeeper just the benefit of the doubt. This innkeeper, he could have been a good man. Right, He could have gone to the temple on a daily basis. He could have had a Torah, maybe even two or three Torahs in his house. Maybe he studied the scripture, he knew all the commandments. But in this moment, he missed Christmas. He was too busy and too crowded to see what was right in front of him knocking on the door. And I think this is the case for a lot of us. It's not that we're atheists or that we just don't want Jesus. It's that sometimes we're too busy to really let Jesus come into our house. We've got shopping to do and more shopping to do. We've got presents to buy and we've got people to visit, parties to go to and recitals to attend and uh, Christmas productions to go to and football games to watch and cookies to make and treats to make. And we do all of this stuff and we miss the real reason for Christmas. This guy was busy. He had a lot of guests in his house and we don't know who those guests were. We don't know if it was his uncle or his aunt, his grandparents or his cousins. We can only guess who those guests were. And just to be a little poetic, I wonder if he was crowded with the wrong guests. I wonder if he was letting in everyone he should have been kicking out. I wonder if he was letting strife in, maybe letting fear in, maybe letting oppression and depression in. Sometimes at Christmas we have empty chairs at our table, empty rooms in our house, where there once used to be someone that lived there. Maybe there was a family member who passed away. I remember the Christmas right after my dad passed. We had an empty spot at the table. And you know, we invited friends over and family members and tried our best to get our minds off of it, but still, we knew the emptiness was there. You can fill in the chair, but there's still an empty spot. You can fill in the rooms, but there's still an empty space in your life. And if you're not careful, you might fill in those empty spaces and those empty chairs with the wrong spirit. You might let depression in. Maybe there's a strained relationship between you and your son, between you and your dad, between you and your mother, between you and your son-in-law. Maybe there's been a divorce in your family where there used to be a son-in-law at the table, he's no longer there. Where there used to be a daughter-in-law in the house, she's no longer there. And because there's an empty space and an empty spot and an empty chair, Jesus is standing at the door knocking, saying, can I fill that chair? Can I come in, can I bring joy where there's depression? Can I bring peace where there's turmoil? Where there's this sense of hopelessness for your marriage, can I come in? And if we're not careful, we'll keep the door closed on Jesus and hold on to our depression and our fear and our hopelessness and our stress. Sometimes during the holidays, we allow the fear of lack to come in. Is God going to provide? Are we going to have enough? Will we be able to pay for all the presents? Are we going to go in more debt this year? And we allow this fear and this cynical attitude and this critical mindset to get in, and I'm really talking today about your attitude. I'm really today talking about the disposition of your heart because it's one thing to know Jesus, it's one thing to have a Bible, it's another thing to make room for Him in your heart on a daily basis. Did you know in America, nine out of 10 Americans own a Bible, nine out of 10? And the average Christian home actually has five copies of the Bible in their house, which adds up to this number, 1,426,500,000 Bibles are in America. That's enough to circle the globe more than two times. But let me tell you this, Jesus is not just looking for shelf space. He's looking for space in your heart. There's a lot of Americans that have a Bible, but Jesus is not living in their heart. He's standing at the door knocking saying, can I please come in? Can I please give you peace? By the way, when you open the door to the devil, you get every evil work of the devil, right? Like you open the door to strife and in walks, you know, uh, anger, self-hatred, even murderous thoughts in your mind towards family members and friends. This is why we have such a messed up world because people have given the devil a foothold and when you give him a foothold, he swings the door wide open and says, go and do stuff you know you shouldn't do and all of a sudden we've got criminals because we've totally opened the door to the devil. But here's the good news. When you give Jesus a foothold, man, he's better than Santa Claus. He's more real than Santa He's got a bag of goodies, right? We know know Santa's got this big bag and he's got toys and all that stuff that we read about, you know. But I think about how Jesus, when you open the door to Jesus, here's the, This is so big. This is so much bigger than what you're imagining right now. When you hear a sermon like this, you might think, man, this is really good for kids or, you know, for new Christians. You don't understand. This is the theology of Christmas. This is the most deep message you could get about Christmas. When Jesus came to earth, God in the flesh, fully God, fully man, he brought every spiritual blessing with him, not just to go back to heaven, but to stay here on the earth inside of you and me. This is Christmas. Jesus came as God in the flesh to put a deposit in us. This is the the incarnation of Christ. Fully God, fully man, God in the flesh. God puts on skin. He relates to all of your temptations. He relates to all of your pain. He relates to all your suffering. You say, well, how does Jesus relate to my pain? Hello, he died on a cross. He took 39 lashes on his back. Did you do that? No, Jesus took every sickness, every disease. He knows all that you're going through. He can relate with you. And Paul says the incarnation doesn't stop with Mary. Like it wasn't just a 33-year experiment. It's meant to continue through you and me. God wants to be in the flesh through you and I. Let Christ dwell in you richly. In other words, let everything that Christ is about come inside you. Let it come inside you and let it flow through you this Christmas. So watch what Jesus does. When you open the door to Jesus, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 says this. When we open the door to Jesus... It says, Jesus brings in every spiritual blessing. Let's go there together, Ephesians chapter one, verse three. We'll put it up on the screen. It says, praise be to God our Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us, say this with me, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. When Christ comes inside you, he says, joy, come on in. Peace, come on in. Kindness, come on in. Healing, come on in. Freedom, come on in. No longer a slave to fear. He's taking the junk out and he's putting the Jesus in. I don't know about you, but I get excited about that. I get excited about the gifts that Jesus is bringing to my life this Christmas. And I'm not talking about materialistic gifts. Because in America, we're consumed with materialism. I'm talking about spiritual gifts. And those are way better than materials, because materials will fade, they won't last, they'll all end up in garage sales. I can't remember most of the presents I got as a kid, and that's not a knock on my family members. It's just that they don't last. But you know what does last? A gift called patience. A gift called compassion a gift called healing, a gift called salvation, a gift called grace on a daily basis. And I need that because on a daily basis, the devil's knocking on the door of my heart saying, get angry at your wife, get frustrated with your babies that are screaming all the time, you know, overreact. And if I give the devil a foothold, if I, listen, just because you get saved, even if you're a pastor, you've been a pastor for a long time, does not mean the devil stops knocking on your door. Right, like don't, don't get under this thing that, oh, yeah, once I'm saved, he's no longer at my door. No, he's knocking. He's saying, open back up that old addiction. Open back up that stuff you shouldn't do. Open up to that strife in your house. You've gotta keep the door shut on the devil. Don't give him any wiggle room. Close up every crevice, close up every crack. And here's the good news, when Jesus comes in, he fills you with every spiritual blessing. There's something that happens to me with my phone, and, Anytime I'm I'm trying to take a picture and I've been taking lots of pictures, every now and then this little thing will pop up on my phone. I don't know if this happens to you, but it says this right here. Cannot take photo. There's not enough storage available to take a photo. (laughs) Go to your settings and work on your storage. And what it's really saying is you're gonna have to delete some stuff to make some room for that next photo you wanna take. Like if you wanna take another photo or video your kid, you're gonna have to delete some old videos and maybe delete some old photos. And i think about how i had this old cell phone when i was a teenager and really had it all the way up until i was in my mid-20s and i loved this cell phone the only problem was it could only hold a certain number of contacts on it it was an old flip phone uh you know didn't have any games on it no apps and uh but it could hold about 200 contacts on it maybe 250 and i was making new friends i was starting to serve as a pastor in our young adult group and every time someone said would you save my number i'd have to start thinking Who am I going to delete? (laughs) I didn't delete any of you guys, I promise. But I would start scrolling through and I'd be like, I haven't talked to him in a while. I'm going to delete him. And uh, I had to make a decision in that moment who I was going to delete so I could add a new contact. And this is the second point about this sermon. Once you open up to God, you're going to have to make some room for God to come in. See, Jesus came in an unlikely way 2,000 years ago. He came through a teen pregnant girl. He came through Mary, and no one was expecting Jesus, the savior of the world, to show up like that. So let me just do a stretch for you in the 21st century. What if Jesus was not to just show up through a teen pregnant girl? What if Jesus was to show up as an app to download on your phone? And what if he said, hey, I'm about six gigabytes, for all you computer nerds, you know what I'm talking about, which is a lot, right? So you're gonna have to delete all your contacts, all your pictures, all your videos for me to fit on your phone. Will you do it? Will you delete all the necessary stuff that you're gonna have to delete for Jesus to fit on your phone? I don't know how many of you guys would because maybe some of you in this room are going, I'd like to hold on to some of my contacts. I'd like to hold on to some of my stuff. But if you're gonna make room for Jesus, you're gonna have to remove some of the junk that's in your life. You know, oftentimes, viruses show up on computers through junk mail, and oftentimes, junk mail is taking up more space on your computer than you actually realize. Wouldn't it be nice this Christmas to go ahead and just remove all the junk out of your computer, out of your life? What if you just said, you know what? I don't need it there anyways. The strife, the pornography addiction, the anger, the, 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 uh, the offense towards that family member, Right, the drugs, the alcohol. What if I just today decided to make a fresh start before Christmas even gets here? What if I started making room for Jesus to really make his home in my heart, dwell in me richly, replace all the junk that's in your heart and bring in all the hope, all the peace, all the joy, all the grace. What if you could do that today? Here's the good news, you can. Three steps, open up, remove the junk, let Jesus in. Make room for Jesus this Christmas. Open up, how do we open up? We get real with God. This is what we do at the altar. Ben, I want you to come up as I get ready to close. Open up, it's time to get real. Like stop putting on a front that you got it all together. We know you don't, we know you don't. We know you got issues, it's okay. All of us have issues at times. But you know how we deal with those issues? You know how we get those issues out of our life? We open up. We just get real with God and say, God, man, I've been having a short fuse lately. I have been snapping at people, I've been frustrated, I've opened up the door to the enemy. It seems like every time I don't want to say something I shouldn't say, I end up saying it anyways. So if I've opened up to sin, I'm going to open up to God now. If I've opened up to strife, I'm going to open up to God's peace now. If you've opened up to fear and to addictions, go ahead and open up to the freedom that comes through Jesus Christ. And when we open up, here's what God does. He shines a light in our house. He says, okay, you've opened up. Now we're going to have to remove some stuff. How many of you guys have a garage? You own a garage where you can park a car. Okay. You know, sometimes our garages collect a lot of junk. We end up storing all kinds of stuff in there to the point where we can't even park the car in there anymore. That's the point of the garage, to park the car in there. I thought, I don't know. But if you're gonna park the car in there, you're gonna to have to remove some of the junk. You're gonna to have to take out some of that stuff. You're gonna to have to move it somewhere else. Maybe it's time to throw some of it away. I wonder if you're holding on to regrets on your phone. Scrolling through the phone. Man, 2015 was a rough year. I wonder if you're holding on to depression, self-hatred. Still looking at that photo of what you shouldn't have done, what you shouldn't have said, replaying that memory. It's taken up all of your memory. It's taken up all of your space. Looking at old contacts the contact of shame, the contact of guilt, the contact of fear, the contact of, of depression, the contact of addictions, saying, maybe I want to hold on to this. You don't have to. You don't have to hold on to it any longer. Today, you can open up and say, God, shine a light and remove the junk. What does He do? How does He remove it? This is what his grace does. This is what Jesus does. The blood of Jesus comes in and he washes us and he removes the filth. He removes the fear. He removes. See, when Mary was afraid at first, once she said, be it unto me according to your word, all the stuff, all the fear, all the fear of criticism, the fear of change, the fear of inadequacy, the insecurities, the stress, the anxieties it all went away. She said, Jesus, make your home in my heart. That's all you have to do today. Open up and let Jesus remove that cloud of oppression in your house. This last Thanksgiving, my son, I got done eating and there was a picture of him I took where he just was super relaxed after the meal. There he is right there. (laughs) This is the picture of a full boy. Like he is totally full. This is a grandpa right here. This is totally my papa, but Liam is sitting there and he's like, I'm done. You know, I'm stuffed, had enough turkey. And I think some of us oftentimes are like this with God. We're kind of like, I'm full, there's no room for you. I'm stuffed, I got too much activities, I've got too much going on, I'm comfortable with my life, I'm comfortable with complacency, I'm comfortable with the old memories, I'm comfortable with the old me, I'm comfortable with the old addictions, I'm fine with the strife, I'm fine with the depression, I've filled in the empty rooms and the empty chairs with my own addictions. I think Jesus is standing at the door saying, there's there's a better way. There's more. There's a better way for your house to have more joy this year. There's a better way for your life to feel more fulfilling. I can take away the depression. I can take away the discontentment. I can take away that, that, that pain of what someone did against you, those wounds that are deep in your heart. This Christmas, Jesus is standing at the door, and he's knocking, and he's saying, if you'll let me in, let me be Lord of your life.